0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Yes, Lord, thank you for your goodness, thank you for your faithfulness, that we can be here tonight, Lord as your people, Father, lifting up your voice, Lord. And thank you, Father, for the word coming through, Lord, clarity, Lord. You're busy speaking and moving, Father. And as the same will be of the topic of the sermon tonight, Lord, to allow you, Father, to come and lead, to come and be the good shepherd, Lord, not just fit you in, Lord, in certain areas of life. And we pray, Lord, that what we've been taught, Father, how Christianity is supposed to look by tradition, media, the culture around us, Lord, But what is not of you, Father, that you come and expose that, Lord. Maybe put that away, Lord. Focus on truth and follow you wholeheartedly. And thank you, Lord, we know, Father, that what you call us to do, Father, you've set the example in, Lord. We can look to Christ in every area of life. And thank you, Lord, that what you call us to do, Lord, you empower us to do through your spirit as we surrender. Saying, come and have your way, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for your work on the cross. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, teaching, guiding, revealing. Thank you, Father, for your perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. So our title sermon tonight is Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And we're going to look a little bit about what that means, Jesus as Good Shepherd. And one of the things that we have to note before we dive into the sermon is, unfortunately for us as people, the more familiar we are with a certain thing, the more we just assume that we already know what it means and we tend to not look intently at it, not to pause and reflect. And the more we hear a certain thing, the more we've read about a certain thing, the more we just quickly scan over it, not pause and allow certain truths to sink deep into our hearts. And the problem is many times when you have a misperception or we only have half of the picture, we tend to, again, just move over it, not allow the full truth to sink in. And when it comes to Scripture and the concept of God as a good shepherd, it's a pretty familiar topic. And the most familiar passage in the Bible, the most familiar verse, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, but the most familiar passage, if you have to say the most famous passage in all of Scripture, but most people know would be Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And it's something that we're so familiar with and sing as kids growing up in a traditional Christian culture that many times we just assume that we understand what it means and we don't actually reflect and see, but what does it mean when we say God is our shepherd? To maybe take it a step back and actually ask, is God my shepherd? How would I know? How does it look like? What does it even mean? And, yeah, obviously before we look at Jesus as good shepherd, there's also understanding that we need to have for ourselves as sheep. Not the most glorious of animals that God uses to relate to us as human beings. Sheep. And with all the strange stuff going around in the world, you know, spiritual animals and all of that, you know, we we would like to be a different animal than a sheep. I mean, maybe there you said if you could choose to be an animal, which one would you choose? Well, Stefan wants to be an eagle. But we don't want to be sheep, you know And just to bear with that, and there's something that we need to understand with this whole concept of sheep being used to describe us as human beings, and that is the fact that we are in dire need of someone to lead, guide, feed and take care of us. Any other type of animal, most other animals, when you leave them to run wild or whatever, then they become wild or they come back home. Not sheep. They don't do that. You've never heard about, you know, some plains in Africa where the wild sheep of Africa roam around. There's wild a lot of stuff, but there's no wild sheep. And some animals, you know, when they set free, they'll realize, man, I was made for this. Man, I'm free. And actually become what they're supposed to be. Not sheep. A sheep eventually looks up and he thinks to himself, shucks. Where am I? Confused and anxiety sets in. It's not this man I'm free to roam type of feeling that sets in many times the world have told us that lie, you know, that we were born to be free and wild and whatever the case might be. Not so. You know, some sheep, when they tip over, they literally can't get back up themselves. And if nobody finds them, they will die. Peter, farmer, he knows the sheep. But also we can speak to the farmers a little bit, you know, why do stupid animals cost so much? Thinking about that, maybe it should lower the price a little bit considering how unintelligible they actually are. But nonetheless, that's a topic for another day. But sheep don't know what to eat. In dire need of a shepherd, we need to acknowledge that. Not only the fact that we need a shepherd, but also that we long for someone or something to guide us. We many times don't even know what we sell what we want. And if we ask the question, what do you want? Then mostly we'll just sit with a blank stare on our face. I don't know. Now that you ask the question, I don't know what I want. But we long for someone to lead and to guide. There's a deep need inside of us. And we will search for it. We need to be shepherded. We have a longing to be guided and led. And we are being led by something inevitably. You see, many times we have a wrong idea what free will actually means what freedom means for us as human beings, we are free to choose and make certain decisions in life. But many times we think that that freedom means that we are, in any given time free to choose something without being influenced by anything else. That's never the case. There's not a single area in life where we are free to choose without being influenced by stuff around us. We've been influenced by our upbringing, by the people around us, by our previous experiences, by the voices of media, culture, A lot of stuff around us. We cannot go somewhere and just switch all of that off and be free to choose without any influence of life. We never have that. We are being led. The ideas that we have in life, where we are going at the moment, what we are pursuing, the ideas of success that we have, that was told to us by someone. That was given us by someone. And the question is not so much am I being led or not, but the question is by who? Whose input am I listening to? Whose voice am I listening to? Because we are being led. And again, sitting here in church, as Christians, we would tend to answer, Jesus is my shepherd, or we would really like that to be the answer, but many times that just simply isn't true. In many areas of life, it may not be true. Because what does it mean for God to be our shepherd? You see, many times in our traditional Christian culture, we think what it means for God to be our shepherd is that we wander around freely doing whatever we please and he just makes sure that we don't get hurt. And he just makes sure that no predators from the outside come in while we do whatever we please. That's not the case. It's like using God as a GPS. You know, who uses the GPS when they know where they're going they've been there a thousand of times? We don't do that. We only take the GPS out when what? When we haven't been there before, when we don't know how to get there and when we are lost. And many times we do the same with God. Areas of my life where I feel now I'm more than capable of. I know how to get there. I've done this before. Very little prayer. But certainly not any fasting. Why? We can do this. I know how to do this. I know how this works. I know how this looks. But when we get lost, or when we don't know how to get there, or when we lack vision, then we'll put the GPS on. Then we'll call upon God to say, hey, Lord. A little bit of input here. And the funniest thing of all in our culture, when something goes wrong, or when we get hurt, who do we point the finger to mostly? God, how can you allow this to happen? But we've never consulted him truly and fully in every area of life, being fully obedient to the voice of the one who wants to lead. Amen? So let's read through a passage of Scripture and see what we can learn. What does it mean when God is the good shepherd? What is expected of us if we want to be shepherded by God? We're going to read a passage of Scripture in John 10, a well-known passage from verse 1 to 15. It's Jesus speaking, and it says the following. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Beautiful passage of scripture. A lot of truths, a lot of stuff that we can focus on and go through. But just to pause and focus on a couple of these truths tonight. And the first one is, what does it mean to say that Jesus is our shepherd? And we read it here in verse 3 to 5. It says, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know His voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And here we see there's a progression that happens, and it actually explains what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd. You see, there's a change that happens from verse 3 to 4. In verse 3, it says, Initially, the sheep hear his voice. And then it moves to verse 4, where it says, For they know his voice. Two different Greek words, Akkohe and Audasa. The first verse speaks about, you know, it's kind of like walking in a mall in a great crowd of people and someone calls your name. And you don't recognize the voice, but you recognize your name. And for many of us, that's the initial call of Jesus to us. Some of us have heard that call or you're either hearing that call tonight. Either you have been initially called by Jesus to follow, to obey him as good shepherd, to lay down your life, to take up your cross and to follow him. Or you are hearing that call tonight. Jesus calling you by name. And the voice is not too familiar. We haven't heard it too many times before. We haven't distinguished this voice specifically from the other voices in life. But we recognize our names being called. He calls his own sheep by name. And he brings them out. And as the sheep sit at the feet of the shepherd and listen to him again and again. And spend time in his word. And gets to know the good shepherd. But then it moves to that place in verse number four where they know his voice and he leads them out and they follow and they follow why? Not because they specifically hear their name being called every time, but because they recognize the one who speaks. I know that voice is the one who called me at first. I know the one who speaks. I know the good shepherd. Now, like I said this morning as well in my family, we're quite a loud bunch of people. So we hear one another before we see one another. And my mom or my brother, my dad's more or less the quiet one, but we hear one another before we see one another. So when you're in the mall or you're in a shopping center, whatever the case, you will hear that there's somewhere inside. My family is here. Because I recognize the voice. And that is what's being illustrated here. And we need to ask ourselves have we ever moved to that place in our relationship with God? From just hearing, sometimes, vaguely, a little bit, to knowing. I know the voice of him who calls. And then we'll also see what it means to have Jesus as a good shepherd. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. It's a following of Christ. It's him leading. So to say that Jesus is our shepherd is to say that we obey him fully in every area of life. That's what it means see, many times we like to focus on the part that God plays in the whole good shepherd thing because that's a comforting thought. He's the one who cares, who nurtures, who guides, who leads. But we never think about, okay, but what does it mean for us? It means for us that we should fully and wholeheartedly and continuously obey the one who leads. And again, sitting here in church tonight, we would like to think that that is true, but many times it is not. We know that's what we should do. But if we're honest with ourselves, we know that many times what we don't do. We don't obey fully. We don't open every area of life. Even as we're sitting here, there's many areas where we don't need leading. There's many areas where we don't feel that we want to be led. Because we can do this on our own or we want to do this our way. We don't want God to come and take full control. I like what Timothy Keller says, you know, in speaking about God as good shepherd. He says we like the sound of it, but we hate the truth of it. We like the sound of it, but we hate the truth of it. Meant to really give over fully and completely for God to come and lead. As sinful human beings, we don't like that truth. Someone to come and take over every area of life. Is that true for us? Now, one day in small could be asked the question if you could ask God for anything, you know, what would you ask him? What is the deepest longing in your heart? And the one, aunt, the one person said, shouldn't, shouldn't it be to know God fully, you know, to follow him wholeheartedly? See, that's what it should be. But it isn't always what it is. We know what it should be. Many times we get confused as Christians, specifically when we sit in church, listen to a sermon. We, we, we have a saying in Afrikaans, School you know, the, the Sunday school answer. We know the Sunday school answer, but is that the truth of our hearts? That's the question that we should get to. To move to that place. And again just a logical connection that we also have to make tonight. To obey Jesus in every area of life. We need to know what he says about every area of life. Amen. And that's rarely true of our hearts. Many of us don't know what Jesus says about every area of life. I think none of us know what he says about every area of life. But about many areas of life. And if they've even been an intentional seeking to know what he says about certain areas of life. But have we moved from that place? Hearing to knowing. I know the voice. I follow him intentionally, consistently, every day of my life in every area of life. And also are we aware of the different voices speaking to us? It says here, stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. A stranger they won't follow. But how often do we follow the voice of strangers? Do we know what different voices are there that the enemy uses to lead us astray? Media. Money. And maybe the greatest one that I've become aware of the past couple of weeks is culture. The voice of culture. Some of us don't know that the culture that we were brought up in is not 100% biblical. It doesn't align with scripture. Just because we've always done it that way doesn't mean we should have been doing it those ways. Just because we've always seen it doesn't mean that's true. Are you able to distinguish between those voices? But, and we like to do that as people, you know, we creatures of habit. If it looked a certain way one year, we did it a certain way one year, then we want to continuously do it that way because we almost did it last year. And the problem is, is when we did something wrong, we so easily continue in that wrong way of life. There's this quiz on the internet, I I can't remember where I saw it the first time. But if you have some time, I'll maybe try to find it somewhere and post it to to go and see how we do in this quiz. And what they do is they take popular quotes of seemingly nice things that people say and also quotes from Avenger movies. And then they throw a couple of scriptures in there and you should distinguish when is it scripture or when is it some quote from a movie or from culture. And if you were faced with that quiz now, tonight, before you, how well would you do? Yeah, all of these wonderful quotes that many people many times post or follow, and it seems nice. It seems as if it can be something nice, but it just isn't biblical. It isn't true. You know, follow your heart or do what makes you happy. Stuff like that. That isn't in the Bible, by the way. Just if you were wondering. It's culture that we follow. And for many of us, there's two motivations that we need to realize tonight. One a great one, but one a main one. And the great one, firstly, is how important is it to distinguish between these voices and what effect it will have not only on our lives, but the lives of those around us. And Jesus makes this point clear in verse 10. He says, the thief comes when speaking about these different shepherds, the good shepherd and then the other shepherds, the, the voice of the good shepherd and then the voice of strangers. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. The importance of God's voice in our life is life and life in abundance. And not life in abundance, the worldly view, meaning that we have all of the stuff this world have to offer. No, life in abundance means a relationship close to God and a godly legacy given to those who follow us generations to come. That is life in abundance. That is being rich. To know him. To know him. And to pass down that legacy. Not to have earthly things. And what's the danger of any other voice? It steals. It kills. It destroys. And I wonder many times if we know that. Does the intentionality, the eagerness with which you constantly seek the voice of God... Explain this truth to the world around us that it is life or death. That is how serious it is to me. That's how I intentionally seek, not only for me, but for those around me as well. And how we can see this around us, specifically when it comes to relationships, specifically when it comes to households. Where God says one thing and we want to do another. Where God says, this is the way you bring up children. This is the way you discipline children. And then the world wants to say, no, we've discovered a better way. We want to say, okay, let's just try that. Not knowing that any other way than God's way will steal, will kill, and it will destroy. And we see that devastation in the generations around us. Generations of people trying to do a good thing, but it's not the voice of the good shepherd leading. And it steals, it kills, it brings destruction. But we can say this is how relationships should work. This is how the, the covenant looks like. And we say, no, we want to try it in a different way. And it steals, and it kills, and it brings destruction. We don't follow the good shepherd. And to realize that. And again, this is a truth that we can acknowledge, we can know. But the question is, is this a truth that we live out by our lives? intentionality in seeking the voice of the good shepherd because it is literally life or death. And again, if we want to be honest with ourselves and see the answer to the question, we can just examine the last couple of weeks of our life to at least know in this last while that I live out this truth or simply just acknowledge this truth. Am I constantly seeking the voice of him who leads in every area of life? Or do we try the good advice given to us by culture and media and man? And while this is a very important reason, it's not the main reason. The main reason we see in the last two verses that we just read. is one of the most beautiful summaries of the gospel to me. Verse 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd, I know my own, and my own knows me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And afterwards, Jesus explains that nobody takes his life from him. Yes, it's the Father's will, yes, it's what the Father commanded him, but he lays it down of his own accord. He has authority to lay it down, and he has authority to take it back up again. He willingly lays down his life for his sheep. And many times, it doesn't sink in because we want to Disconnect these two truths from one another. The fact that he knows us and the fact that he died for us. But when we put it together and specifically in that order, man, something inside us moves. What God is busy saying is he's saying, I know my own sheep. In other words, he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the sinfulness of man. He knows the corruption of man. He knows how often we've wandered astray. He knows how easily we listen to other voices. He knows how easily we disobey How easily we constantly long for other things. The baddest bad inside of us. That thing that you show ashamed of. God knows that. Those things in the future where we unfortunately will be ashamed of again, He knows that as well. And many times we surprise ourselves and think, man, I didn't know that would come out, but He knows. And in light of that, in light of knowing that first, in, in light of knowing us, what does Jesus say? I know the worst parts of them, but what does he do? I lay down my life for the sheep. In light of that, in light of knowing every single part, he still lays down his life for the sheep. And in the Greek, that word for is on behalf of, instead of. I give my life on behalf of them, instead of them. I die in their place, knowing who they are knowing that they will wander astray, knowing that we will get lost as sheep so often, and that he will again and again leave the 99 to go and fetch us again and again, knowing that we cannot even walk back. He has to carry us on his shoulders. And never does he think, man, this isn't in my job description. This is literally part of what he does. He's the good shepherd. That needs to sink in. And when we get that, when we understand that, Then we say, man, to know him. That is why Paul says, I count all else as rubbish, but to know him. And be found in him. And become like him. Knowing what he did for me, that needs to move us. You see, if in light of this, our reaction is, oh, free grace. Wow, he laid down his life for us, even though he knows us. We can just continue in synod then you don't understand the beautiful truth of the gospel. And you don't understand who it is that actually died for you. you know, many times we struggle with this concept, you know, sons and daughters of God, finding that identity. And many times it isn't because we don't understand the fact that we are sons and daughters of God. We don't understand who God is. We have no idea. It's not me and you dying for one another. After one night sharing some you know, sins with one another, this is God. This is the almighty God of the universe who created everything. It's he who died for us, yet knowing us fully, fully known, fully loved. That should move us. Amen. I end for us with verse three and verse nine. And some of us have to hear this tonight. To him the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. Some of us sitting here tonight has to hear Jesus calling you By name. Many times we know he so loved the world that he gave his son. And he forgives the sins of the world. But tonight you need to understand that he knows you. He calls you by your name. He knows what you have done. He knows what you will do. And he still chose to lay down his life in your place. On your behalf. So that you can have life. And life in abundance. Just for a moment there you said. Would you just acknowledge that. Jesus calling you on your name. Saying to you, know what. You have done. He knows the thoughts going on, the desires of our hearts. Many times we think stuff, and luckily we don't act upon them. And we think, man, if people knew what goes up in here, oh, man, they'll run. God knows. He knows the desires of your heart. Knows what you did. Knows what you will do. You're not gonna surprise him, and he still laid down his life on your behalf. On your name. did that sink in tonight. And then in light of that it says. I am the door. If anyone enters by me. He will be saved. Not I will allow him to come in. And if he acts like a good sheep. Maybe I'll let him stay. No, no. You will be saved. Because it's not what we did. It's what Christ has done. Amen. And he will go in and out. And find pastures. Come rest in him. Stop listening to the voice of the world. Stop trying hard to be better. Stop trying hard to prove to God that you are enough. He knows who you are. Simply come and find rest in Him. And let the finished work of Christ on the cross be our motivation. Knowing that His voice is life. Amen. Let's stand together and pray tonight. Yes, Lord, thank you that we can just become quiet before you tonight, Lord. And just acknowledge, Father, that there are certain areas in life, Lord, certain things that we've maybe done, said, desires that we have, Lord, kind of manifesting, Lord, injuries that we've picked up as sheep, Lord, and there's a bruise on our leg and there's a piece of flesh out, Lord, and the side of our bodies. And we're avoiding those areas so much, Lord. We don't even want to look at it, Father. Just thinking if we look at it, we feel so much shame, Lord. So much hurt. We don't want the people around us to know, Father. And we're so scared to bring this to someone. To bring it to you, Lord. Thinking if we look away long enough, maybe it will go away. And you are saying, Lord, for every one of us standing here tonight, that you see that place of hurt. You see the shame, you see the pain, you know. And the truth, Lord, flowing from that truth that you know us intimately, deeply, Father, better than we know ourselves. It's not a voice saying, how could you? How did you do it again? How did you get lost again? No, it's the voice of the good shepherd saying, I lay down my life in your place so that you can live. May we hear that tonight, Lord. I pray, Father, for you to come and do a mighty work, Lord. We can share information with one another, Lord, but only you can bring revelation. Come and reveal to hearts the truth of the gospel. And it is done, Lord. And may that motivate us. Not saved to try and be better, try and do better, but motivated by the love of the one who laid down his life for us. That God we want to know. That God we want to follow. How sweet your voice, Lord. And I pray, Lord, for each and every one of us confronted, Lord, with your voice. Saying that there are certain things that we need to lay down. Certain things that we need to repent of. Stuff that we need to change in life, Lord. May we just acknowledge for a moment, it is the voice of the good shepherd. You want to come and give life, Lord. You're not withholding good from us. There's not certain pleasures in life and you don't want us to experience that. No, you give us deep, meaningful joy and life. And thank you, Lord, that we can acknowledge that any other voice, Lord, will steal. It will bring destruction and it will lead to death. And by your grace, Lord, come and show us where we've listened to those voices. Just the way you stand tonight, if God has laid something in your hearts, there's something to repent of, maybe just an acknowledgement, Lord, of I'm coming back, Father. Whatever it is, lift up your voice to him. Start to pray. Some of you might feel so ashamed, you don't even want to start to pray about that thing. God knows. He knows you and he laid down his life for you. Just Pray, bring it to him. Look at the wound. Allow him to come and heal. He's standing there with ointment. He's standing there with a bandage. Cost him his life. Let's just not stand here passively tonight. Thank you, Lord, for every prayer being prayed, Lord, every heart lifted up to you, Father, every sin confessed, Lord, every hurt, Lord, every piece of shame, Lord, bringing into the light. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Thank you, Lord, for your healing. Thank you for your deliverance, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that we can acknowledge, Father, for each and every one of us, Lord, that experiences you as silent, Lord, that you are not the one, Lord, reluctant to speak. You speak, you lead, you guide, Lord. You reward those who seek you. The question is, do we really want to listen, Lord? Do we really want to seek? By your grace, Lord, come and give life. Come and enable. May we move. In Jesus' name.